Right, here we go, episode seven, UK Scriptwriters Podcast. Hello. Hello. Bit uh, echoey today, Danny. Tell everyone what's going on. We're a bit echoey today, so apologies for the sound. You should, should still be able to hear us pretty okay, uh, but we're in my little pokey office instead of um, Tim's expansive studio with the good sound and the fancy mic. Yeah. Uh, so. It's all being done up to be even more fancy. Yeah, so I'm very much looking forward to that next month. It'll be ready by next month. Hopefully. It? Cool. So here we are in my little office. I'm Danny Stack. He's Tim Clegg. And this is episode seven of the UK Scriptwriters podcast, where we talk about all things UK scriptwriting. The, the clues in the title. Yeah, we're a couple of uh, writers myself. Danny, more of a full-time writer. I'm a writer and director. But we've been kicking around. This will be important later. We've been kicking around for about 10 years or so in the business, doing different work, different types of jobs. Yes. Um, we've had some success, but we're not names. We're not um, well, in the biz. No, we're in we're, the we're still on the outside. We're in the trenches, digging away. Yeah, knocking on the door and asking for our ball back. Yeah. That's where <laughs> we are in life. Um, and, and that's going to sort of form part of, it's more of a career-looking uh, podcast this time um, and that's kicking it off with the scriptwriting news even screenwriting news we're going to look at the BAFTA nominations now we're not going to look at the ones that everyone else would all be the big ones the King's Speech all the rest of it check those out I'm sure you probably know them already and certainly there are some films that are getting all the attention as there always is this time of year we want to look at a couple of the lesser known uh, BAFTA categories the first one being um, BAFTA short films now uh, they changed how that's voted for this time uh, it was always done with a little panel of people that you didn't really know who it was right this year they've changed it and they're doing it on a more of a, a voting system yeah but still with a, a smaller number of people I'm one of the smaller number of people Tim's a BAFTA member so I'm about to remember. Yeah. And I put my name down because I love short films. Right, yeah. So um, it's only really people that are into and have experience of and are passionate about short films that are in this voting group, but it's much bigger than the, than the dozen or so that used to decide in a locked room. Yeah. So but it, also we thought we'd look at short films because that's the kind of level we, we're at. Yeah. Or that we have experience in. Um, yeah. Probably a lot of our listeners too are thinking, well, I've done a few short films or I'm about to do a short well, film. Well, never mind our listeners. How about some of the people this side of the microphone? <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. I mean, you put in, and I've done it. I, I, I've put in before. And I still oh, I entered for a yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I, I didn't even get long-listed. So what's, you know, obviously, clearly they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> well, thanks for that. But uh, I don't decide, just to be clear on, on exactly the process, it's whittled down first to the nominations. Yes, of course. And then, because um, uh, there's a hundred or so mm -hmm. films um, actually entered, yours included, that's then looked at by a small number of people. So there's still that kind of bit of a mystery behind it. Now, a lot of people listening to this probably have the same preconceptions that you and me had when we were just talking before we came uh, up here for the podcast, which is to think, that most of those films would be um, downbeat films, drama, bit gritty, grey in colour. A lot of the award-winning short films. Set in, set in a council estate yeah, yeah. and funded by East Midlands Media or whatever they Or Film it. Council. Or the Film Council. Yeah. 
Now, I was pleased to look at this, these films because not a lot of people will get to see these perhaps still, even though they're short film fans, um, that they weren't like that. And then there's much more variety out there being celebrated in the short film genre. That's good. Format. So I say to people, get out there with your short with your with your with your short films still. If you've got something that you think, oh, it doesn't quite fit those other films that I'm picturing as being successful, mm. is it worth doing? It is worth doing that you should do it. Now, on my blog, I'm halfway through at the minute, I'm actually reviewing each of the films if people want to look at those in more detail and find out what is these films about. What were they shot on and so on? And yes. I've got that kind of information on my blog at the minute. There's, so check it out. There's five nominees for best live action short, and there's only three for best animation. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't do three. the animation one. Uh, it's, it's, it reflects the number that are entered. So all right, okay. It's, it's, it expands and contracts yes. upon the number. But the other category that we were particularly keen to kind of highlight here was the outstanding debut by a British writer, director, or producer. So that's like not the big boys, but the people coming through who've just done their first feature. Because this is what we should be aiming at. Of if course. If you're aiming at anything, it should be this. Yeah. And if, you're, a, if you're an actor, you should be aiming at that rising star mm. award that they have. But uh, as a behind-the-scene, behind-the-screen or whatever talent, you know, you, you, you should be looking at these kind of nominations yeah. and going, how near am I to, to, to this, if anything? And who are these people? I mean, I'll give you a quick list of who the nominations are. One is The Arbor by Cleo Barnard. Uh, another one, Exit Through the Gift Shop uh, by Banksy, uh, Four Lines by Chris Morris, Monsters by Gareth Edwards, and Skeletons by Nick Whitfield. Now, I'm sure a few of you will have heard of Banksy, obviously, and maybe Chris Morris, because he's a big TV comedy name. But we were just kind of discussing, just off mic, like, how did these people get to where they even are now? Because yeah. this is their debut as a feature, and yeah. yet... You know, it's still like, Chris Morris. It's, it's been on our screens for 15 years or so. Yeah. And we've been loving his work for that long. And Big yet name in the business. Yeah, and yet he's fallen into this category. Outstanding debut, which is still obviously a, a, a prestigious category. Yeah. But, you know, Chris Morris did a short film with uh, Paddy Considine That's a few right. years ago. Yes. That, that won a BAFTA for best short. So yeah. that, that obviously said to everybody, this guy can do a feature or our money's safe if we do a feature. Well, it him. was a funny thing for him to do the short. It was, yeah. Because already his work his brand, yeah. his satirical, dark comedy brand, mm -hmm. was in place. His short film did not challenge that brand. It reinforced it, yeah, as, yeah. As, as we would his expect. Style. And this film does as well. So it was an odd thing to do. He didn't need to it. He didn't need to do it, I'm mm -hmm. sure. Um, it was probably more of an experiment of, of wanting to do it. Yeah. I don't know that, but um, it, 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 he didn't need to do that to prove something to anyone, surely, after yeah. After the success, or at least the controversy of his um, of his previous work, yeah. But let's talk about um, uh, Gareth as well with his film Monsters. Gareth Edwards, yeah, he's... already already well known, not not well known to us, no. But in the business, visual effects, he'd been doing it for quite a few years, yeah. Before that, and has built upon that. Um, the other two we looked up because we weren't so aware of their names. No. Um, discovered that they'd come up from perhaps the route that, that we, that we would be on. nearest to, which is done some shorts. From Film Council or not. Film Council and others, and, um, and has then moved into uh, features. However, both of those two features, the Arbor and Skeletons, are not from the Film Council. Is that right? 
That is they, were, they were funded other ways. Yeah. But they've come up from that short. Well, according to IMDb, from what we looked at anyway. From what we know. Uh, yeah. Banksy obviously has a big brand name as Banksy. I've heard great things about that. Have you seen Exit Through the Bishop? Yeah. Is it a documentary or is it yeah. a narrative kind of thing? Um, no, it's a, it's, it's, it's a documentary style. Mm. Um, it's not um, it's not drama. Mm. Uh, you know, shot with interviews and stock footage and so on. But very playful. Yeah, um, but very well told, very strong story through it uh, that keeps twisting and turning. So it's, it's uh, definitely check it out. Oh, yeah, People have seen that. They, they, they must see it. Um, probably one of the more interesting films made, you know, last year anyway, all round, mm. British or not British, really. So, yeah, definitely check that out. Now, recently we wanted to talk about all of these things. Yes, we want and to check them out reason. online, and the same with the Oscars, and the same with any of the other awards that are going on at the, at the, at the minute is because it actually ties in to a question that was emailed into us um, by Stephen Marsh. Marsh. And he wanted to know about kind of... Rejection. Re- rejection, which isn't often talked about. But the way he phrased it was I- was ideal for us. We really caught our eye. Because he asked, you know, when does... Uh, you, can, you should have a bit of resilience in life, obviously. But, you know, how long should you be resi- resilient for before you realise you're just flogging a dead horse? Yes. So when do you know when if you're any good, or when do you know? Yeah, should you because start? we're all getting those. We all get the reject because rejection outweighs success. Yeah, as a formula, that's going to be our everybody, lives. Everybody so we admit it. that. But when do we sort of start going? Well, look, hang on, I might. This might not be for me. Yeah. Um, or my mind's moved on to other things, and I'm just not in it anymore. I should knock it on the head. Mm-hmm. You know, what is the cutoff point um, for that? And and that's kind of. It seems like you you, you, want, you want to have a gut instinct reaction to that. Keep going. There should know. be a simple answer. And there is, but there, there is never. And is. actually, we thought let's let's, let's have a talk about discussion it. about that. Uh, I mean, the reason we brought it up in conjunction with the outstanding debut nominations was because all of these people had established themselves in the system in some way. Yeah. And had been working very hard to do something. I mean, there was some. I mean, in Cleo Bernard's case, in her credit list, there's quite a gap. I think between the Arbor and the last bit of work she did, maybe three or four years. And that's just on credit-wise. She might have been working very hard. Oh, but my, my, my IMDb's like a patchwork. Quote. Patchwork, again. It's <laughs> like, but it, you know, knowing what we do, we work very hard on a lot of things. And, yeah. we, and we break our hearts on a lot yeah. of things. And we get somewhere and we get two steps back. And oh, stuff. yeah, yeah. And so it is that long haul of digging out work and digging out a career or whatever it might be. But, but um, I hope you've faced this as well but I've faced this kind of question at times as well going you know what am I any good should yeah. I keep going yeah and um, oh, I don't, do you want to talk about it first I don't mind um, well first of all let's just think about our, why you might have those feelings because you get an email back used to be a letter now it's an email um, just sort of saying something along the lines of um you know, thanks for submitting this on this occasion. We're not going to take it any further forward. We don't want to develop it. Um, uh, all the best. You know that's like, and you you know you get you good get, luck with taking this elsewhere. Yeah, <laughs> and um, you know anywhere but here. <laughs> and uh, you get you get those, and maybe you get three or four of those in a week. And, uh, you know, I guess at that point you have to think, well, look, you know, all these people, um, 
seem to be, this is in your mind, all these people are more successful than me, um, they're sitting in swanky offices and they've made it, and they're reading my thing and just going, no, I don't even want, I can't, whatever, pass. You know, after a little bit, you start to think, well, look, you know, if everyone's saying it, mm. can it be true? Yeah. And I guess that's kind of back to Stephen's thing. You know, what if everyone's saying it, is it, is it kind of true? Um, uh, and then you also, part of you, you're going through the other thinking process, which is something along the lines of, Everyone says that you've got to keep going. Yeah, all the you know, cheerleading rubbish. You know, yeah. you need... Well, which, is, not, which is important, I, I know. It, you right to say it's kind of rubbish in a way, but it's also the fact that, um, you know, even the most successful films had to... Get, got rejected ten times before they, they found the yeah, evidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, any, everything goes through that kind even of thing. Even The King's thing. Speech, you know, that's been the writer's project for 20 years. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. For all sorts of reasons. For all sorts so of reasons, yeah. Partly waiting for the Queen Mum to pop her cards. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, anyway. <laughs> and he had cancer as well. He all sorts of ups and downs. But yeah, and, and every 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 film will have those kind of stories. Yeah. And then sometimes you get a really rare story when something turns around horrendously quick. Yeah. And then there can actually be a disaster, of course, and so on and so on. So, yeah, we know all, we know all that. Now, look, but that's discussion, Danny. Mm-hmm. And, and in some ways... I still, I think there must be an answer to Stephen's question. I think we should there is. hunt for it. Well, I think yeah, the default position for any writer, I suppose, is a position of insecurity about themselves or the work that's coming in or the work that's not coming in. Um, I think rejections when you're starting out is all very fine and well to a degree because you almost expect that you're starting out. Yeah. But what if you've reached some level of success in inverted commas, like you've got a commission for something you've done a couple of episodes of something, maybe the work should be coming, flowing in or whatever, but maybe the system turns around and says, actually, no, we're, we don't think this is any good now, whatever. And then that can knock your confidence or knock your security. In different situations for different people, you're going to be insecure on a number of levels. It's all about, I think, my answer would be, if you're getting a lot of rejections, it's par for the course, but there should be positive things happening every now and then to say you're on the right track don't give up which it's almost like forget about your mates or anybody online saying keep going if you really try you'll get there it's more something like from the writer's room saying we really enjoy this we can't do anything with it but send us in your next script so that tells you I agree with that I I can um, do you remember do you remember a few podcasts ago I got that letter it was a rejection but it was from the writer's room and uh, it was a no but it was so positive in the fact of these were all good elements within this yeah um you know keep i wanted to know more about this Mm. and you can do stuff with that it it, i think the warning signs is every single thing being that kind of polite no because people can't say to you no one's going to tell tell you you're rubbish Mm. this is the point who's going to tell you that you, I wish there was someone that would tell you that. You know what I mean? Because no one in the business is going to... Why would they waste their time explaining to you why you're rubbish? Mm. And your family's not going to want to, and your friends probably aren't going to want to. Yeah. And they might not be in a position to judge your writing anyway. Yeah. So there's no one that will tell you that, that, that it's just... It, it, these are just 
far below mm. the quant the quality that, that people would want to see. No one's going to do that job. Mm. So it's reading between those lines a little bit. If you're getting absolutely nothing back. Now, that doesn't mean to say knock it on the head. No. What it means is radically change how you're working. You're, you're off the pace with your methodology, I yes. would suggest to people. If you are writing comedy and you're just not getting any laughs, you might be better off doing drama. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what I mean, though. Absolutely. Or, yeah. or it might just be the form. If you're just trying to write shorts and you yeah. get nowhere with your shorts, actually, you might just want to jump the shorts yeah. and try your hand at some longer pieces. It might suit you better. You might be struggling to find those short, sharp, um, quick win messages, feel-good things, mm. gags. They're not working for you. You need a kind of slow burn development thing. You might even want to write a play. Yeah about just characters on the stage, you might be, oh, actually, it's, everything's gone right. Mm. So it doesn't mean ever knock it on air, but it means do something different. Yeah. You know, radically change what it is. Um, write for a different format, a different media. Um, obviously, keep keep doing what you enjoy doing, yeah. but there's more things than people. People put themselves on narrow tracks, I think. Well, absolutely. I mean, it is all about... Uh, down to your approach, I suppose, and what you're doing. If you're just writing scripts, sending them out, and you're getting rejections and nothing else, that's a pretty straightforward way of doing things. Mm. Um, and you could be doing a lot more. Yeah. Because if you get out there and go to the Screenwriters Festival or any talk or whatever, you'll get to see somebody face-to-face. And if they remember your name and face from when they read your script and they liked you or you bought them a drink, it will have an effect on what they think of the script. Even if they think the script is not as good as whatever... They might think, well, he was an okay guy. Let him get let's come in for a chat. That's the kind of things that can happen. Um, is that a use? Is that any use though? It is used because um, yeah, but you might get a, still rubbish. You might get a break on something else though. No, maybe you know because most producers are working on other stuff. Mm. You know, especially for TV, it's like, well, well we have this kid show. Would you be interested in writing? Oh, that? To tell you, let's just go back though. I just want to put things in people's mind though about why they're getting letters. Yeah. And emails. Well, we all, I mean, I get them. No, I oh, know you do. Every week. Yeah. But why, Danny? Because yeah. let's just think about how the industry works. Just put that picture in people's minds. Yes, indeed. So let, let me play the sort of, not the devil's advocate, but the, but the newbie advocate. Yeah. I'm sitting here, I'm, a, I'm on my own, and I'm sending stuff out into theindustry.com, yeah. mm-hmm. which is um, some uh, big wigs that sit in, I'm picturing, um, a swanky smoke-filled club. They've got big cigars, <laughs> Danny. Yeah. And they're sitting up there and they kind of, oh, I don't like this, I like this, and so on. And they know what they're doing. Mm. And um, they all kind of know each other and they don't know me. Now, that's how I imagine it. Yeah. But, of course, it's absolutely nothing like that. You're sending it into... It's better to think about writing to the post office. You're just sending it into a large organisation yeah. which doesn't know what one hands doing and the other foot's doing it's it's kind of it immediately goes into a system where it's large just probably. some sort of crazy old probably some crazy old system that hadn't been updated in 20 years yeah. though sent to a or reader ultra, ultra modern system that doesn't work yeah sent to a reader who lives in Ballon who hasn't been out for a week yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which all, used to be me by the way it's <laughs> all um You know that's 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 the sort of uh, reality of it and for some reason for some reason, you've had to get yourself into a position where they're now gatekeeping 
whether your take on life, mm. your views on the world are interesting or not. Mm. Now, that's a ridiculous system in a way. And, you know, I think that is why we keep talking about it here. Anything proactive that gets you around that system must be for the better in a way. It's nice to be in there. It's nice to be doing stuff. It's also nice to just get on with it and make some stuff yourself if you can. Mm. Just because it's like, you know, why are you asking someone else whether your thing's interesting or not? Let's make it and show it to some people and find out yourself if it's interesting or not. It might not be. Can yeah. you be honest with yourself to go, actually, it's not that good. You've got to be. Yeah, you, and that's the thing as well, being honest with yourself, to, to actually look at your work mm. or look at the amount of effort you're putting in and if you really enjoy it anymore, if you really want to do it anymore, and ask yourself, God, is this really for me? Is it really? Mm. Um, and one of the things interesting you said there about you know shaking things up a bit, so like even with my involvement with the Red Planet Prize, you know I get to read all the scripts and I get to judge everybody else's mm. work, which is a pretty kind of you know privileged position in a way. Mm. And I I was thinking some of the entries were of such a good standard, and I'm thinking, well, who am I? Then? You know, what's my Red Planet Prize script? What's a script that I can put it alongside? Not just the entrance. So what you're saying is, Danny, you wouldn't win your own prize. Well, this is it. It's like I should. If I'm <laughs> one of my judges, it's like, well, I should have be at least as good enough as well, the winner. No, that's an interesting. But no, point. as for me as a writer, just, no. not as me as a judge, not as me as an exec or whatever, just me as a writer. So what I did was, no, there's a point in my story. <laughs> it's like I actually wrote a brand new script, right? So, so that I could go, whoever wins, I can put this script alongside and go. This is of the same caliber, right. if not, you know, the same right. or better, whatever. And I wrote that script, right. and um, it's been getting great reaction. And it's just I'm just about to sign the deal about it to get optioned with the production company. So that was all positive for me in terms of doing a new script, which I was really excited about. But it was shaking up, yes, my kind of yes. approach and getting inspired by what was out there. Yeah. Well, what I like about that story, Danny, is that you. Two things. Obviously, you, you, you didn't wait for a competition. You started the competition. Yeah. And even then, you didn't rest on your laurels. You used that competition... To spur me on to write to something To spur you myself. on into, into better work um, that you're taking out to different people. You've not gone yeah. to the Red Planet guys with, with with it. Did you go... It's another company. Oh, yeah. No, Red Planet read it, and they just thought it was too expensive for them to make. Right, right. Okay. Uh, but it was a good sample, which yeah. is another good thing. Yeah. Just a good sample. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, the... the variety of reaction you can get though even from a really good script because I really think it's one of my strongest ones to date and I came home from Raindance Film Festival where Origin my short film is screening came home a bit drunk a bit happy checked my emails and there's two emails from separate producers about the new script oh, yeah. one saying God, it's, I think it's one of the best scripts I've ever read well done let's come in for a chat the other one going I don't think I really got it but thanks for sending it in anyway it and you're like well, <laughs> you know obviously the other person which person though uh, knew what they were talking about and the other person didn't yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but well, no, time that, will tell no, that, that's fine though because I, I understood what the other person was saying it just wasn't for them and that's fine but I knew in terms of style and craft wise that's good, but that's not good enough anymore. There's no, so many people, I know. they've done their MAs and they've read their books no. and they can format a script and have really terse description and crisp dialogue. And well, crisp dialogue is good, but do you know what I mean? It can look yes. and feel like a really good script. Yeah. It's not enough anymore. There's got to be something more yeah, emotionally right. tangible or a new spin on something. Or I mean, I would say, just to end this, what about when you just, let's talk about 
after you've finished thinking about a dead horse and you've flogged it. Which is the name of my new script. When you've got <laughs> when you've got a live horse. I've got a bit of regret in life. Uh, Here we Danny. go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't laugh. Oh dear. Yeah, I'm going to um, enjoy this. Go on. Yeah. No, my regret in life is, is almost that I've been perhaps quite on the outside of things. Yeah. I mean, even now, we were just talking at, um, before, you know, might be doing this feature documentary that we're going to fund in a different way. And so oh, on. I mean, look, there's not a bad chance now that get coming off, but it's not through the industry. Yeah. It's, it's outside, raised money outside the normal industry for that. And uh, if you look at those guys, the debut list again, just to tie it all together, most of them are in side they won't feel inside especially those guys that have come up from the short film group they'll yeah. feel still on the a bit on the outside yeah, like but, but a lot of the others you know they've really done their dues within the industry and so you know part of me wants to say to people find your own way outside mm. get on with it don't wait for permission from the gatekeepers yeah absolutely to be and we've said that but, before, then, yeah. but then my regret in life is i've probably not been enough on the inside as well done both had one foot in, in and out, mm. so that you you know people, they're respecting your work, and they know what you're doing enough, but at the same time, you're not reliant upon those people for your success. So you know them, you know everyone involved, you know in the kind of the movers and shakers, and they know you and they're interested in what you're doing, yeah. but you're not beholden to them in any way, because right. you also know these chaps and different ways of funding it outside, uh -huh. over on the other side of your life. And I've probably gone, I've got one foot more on the outside than on the inside. So when I had the BAFTA nomination that when I was too young to probably do about, because it was like my first sort of script. Yeah, you know? I know what you mean. Um, I didn't really know. I really should have hammered that. Mm -hmm. Now, that, would, that wouldn't be the case. You know, I'd really make sure I had all my materials ready. Yeah. But I didn't even have a feature script to show anyone. Yeah. And so all I can say for people is almost be careful of wishing for too far, yeah. of, of just hitting that success too early because you haven't actually got the mental capacity to deal with churning stuff out, meeting people, having the work ready, getting on top of your networking. You know what I mean? You haven't got those skills yet. Yeah. So um, keep, you know, back to, the, back to that answer, sort of, you know, keep at it, but make sure you don't just limit your, your persistence to writing, are you knowing people? Do more people know about you today than they did yesterday and like your work? Yeah. If you got that on the way up, I'll give that a thumbs up and say keep going. Yeah, and just be brutally honest with yourself as well. I mean, there's no harm in having realistic goals and stuff. You know, this time two years from now, I want an agent or an episode of Doctors or whatever it might be. Those are realistic things that you can, yeah. you can make happen. Um but if, if you, you put a plan in place, if you put a plan in place and have the focus and dedication, yeah. yeah. Myself and um, our mutual friend Suki, yeah. almost maybe we were thinking about doing it anyway. We must get on with it now, but almost doing a kind of an agent blitz. Yeah. Maybe you're going to do it together, not a not as a team, mm -hmm. but what I mean is spur each other on. Right. So how many have you written to? What have you had coming back? What did they say? Here's what they said to me. Uh -huh. Comparing notes and so on. Mm. So there's a thing that people can do as well. Yeah. Yeah, just a kind of a bit of sharing. Yeah. Uh, we, should we move on, Danny? We'll move on. We'll move on. It's, it's time for reviews. It's reviews time. <clears throat> do you want to do your little jingle? Reviews! That's okay, that's, review that's great. Bit. Missed it. <laughs> um, right. Um, today, 
Are you going to do your comic guy? I'm going to do the comic at, guy. At now, long-term podcast yeah. fans will have probably thought, it's never going to happen. Kim's always mentioned <laughs> this comic guy that he wants to review, and he never had the time to do it. I'm going and to now, do it now. I'm going to do it now. I never thought he actually existed. I know. Oh, I know. Now, visual format is yeah. the comic book. You'll be aware That's of this. That's the name of it. No. All right. I'm just saying that comics in general are I have a visual format. format. Thanks for yeah, that clarification. Okay. <laughs> Podcast is audio format. It's not going to work too well, this review. So I suggest that people get online and search it out. Now, his name is Chris Ware. Yeah. So W-A-R-E, Chris yeah. Ware. And what I like about um, uh, Chris is very, very simple panels. Yeah. Very elegantly laid out. And then sometimes incredibly complex diagrams. Yeah. Now, you know that I'm a writer that loves a chart and a diagram. I, I do. Like to that. Chris has taken that and almost made those charts and forms into a narrative of itself. Right. So he's been completely inspirational for me in the ways of how do we get complex stories across in a visual manner. Well, how is he doing this? Is it online itself? Or is no, it, no, no. You no. have to buy it in a magazine or something? You have to, you have to go to a shop. Yeah, oh my God. You have to go to a shop and hand over your money. Yeah. And in return, the storekeeper will give you some of Chris's work um, for beginners, I recommend, uh, there's one called uh, Jimmy Corrigan. Fantastic. Quite a really thick book. And he also does um, uh, a, a sort of an so anthology. So full, full stories then, you know, like a Joe feature, feature. Yeah, but not or like the Watchmen thing. Things no like superheroes. No, but that talking. kind of books, long stories. A stuff. feature script equivalent. Right. Um, but with much more sort of normal complex narrative. But very, very downbeat heroes that are kind of losers in life mm. so jimmy corrigan the smartest kid on earth isn't right you know he's just some bumbling middle-aged man with regrets in life and his father's dying and he's got his, his love life's a disaster almost like if charlie brown grew up what would he grow into right. jimmy corrigan right uk based american based all oh, right so american based and this guy's very detailed in his work he writes a lot writers will love it if you check out his Acme Novelty Library, which he does as like kind of twice a year anthology of all his other work, mm. you see he writes a lot about writing in there. So, so will we find him just by his name or by the actual Chris Ware? Yeah. Popular just, work? just, just look on that or Acme Jimmy, Nor Jimmy Corrigan, Jimmy Corrigan, Chris Ware, Acme Novelty Library, Color Corrigan. No, but color comic strips or whatever. color black and white. He draws them and writes them and does all those. He does it all. And um, he's, he, he does stuff in the New Yorker magazine right. and he's like well known in America cool. um, for it. Uh, but just something about his storytelling away from the, the comic format. Something about his intellectual storytelling that I find very appealing. Um, and I think a lot of other people would get something out of his work as well because. It's almost writing for writers in a way. Right. It looks at narrative. It looks at stories. Um, and we would probably get more out of it than other members of the public, if you see what I'm saying. Right. So, um, but it sounds yeah. interesting enough to check out by itself anyway. Oh, uh, I just, just have a changed look. the way that I thought about narrative. Oh, right. Okay. That's, that's big, what I'm saying. That's yeah. a big up. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm kind of saying. Go, Chris Ware, check him out. Danny, you're going to talk to us about a couple of TV things. A couple of TV shows. Somebody asked me, actually. I can't remember where it was, if it was blog or an email, and I've forgotten who it was, so apologies. But they asked me to compare and contrast UK's Being Human show, uh, which is on BBC Three, supernatural kind of comedy drama, about a werewolf, uh, a ghost, and a vampire who share a house. 
That was the initial premise, anyway. And uh, compare and contrast that with True Blood, which is the American vampire drama uh, by Alan Bourne, who did Six Feet Under and American Beauty. Um, in fact, I don't think he's really doing it anymore, but he's the kind of showrunner, maybe, for it. In turn, well, he's less and less on the writing credits, anyway. Um, so that's an interesting compare and contrast. I mean, quite an easy one, in a way, because you can just say, well, True Blood's got more money and Being Human doesn't. <laughs> but that would be a rather cruel... Uh, review or comparison. It is for, it is for writing, a writing <laughs> yeah, yeah. review. Uh, True Blood is an interesting one to begin with because it's it's very it's mad. It's completely mad in its world that it it has created and the tone and the action and what goes on. It can can take you completely by surprise. First few episodes might take you a little while to get into, so it does build slowly, but it's still quite interesting because the world it creates is like vampires have come out. Uh, to humans to say we do exist and we want to coexist with you in peace mm. um, we'll drink this synthetic blood called true blood that's what it's marketed like in the bars uh, and then this kind of girl in this small uh, town called Bonton in the southern southern America where they you know the rednecks and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, she has got psychic abilities and she falls in love with a vampire who's played by an English actor Stephen Moyer and that's what kicks off the whole kind of narrative. But the, all the secondary characters and all the supernatural kind of conflict that they face gets completely barmy, but in a very violent and sexy way. So it's quite... Mm. It can, you know, it's, it's a bit hit and miss in people, for, I think. Um, I enjoy it, but you've got to stick with it. Uh, Being Human is a UK dr supernatural drama by Toby Whitehouse, or Whitehouse, Whitehouse I think, uh, who's done a, like Doctor Who and a few other things. But he's created this show, and he show runs it. Um, and initially the premise was the ghost, werewolf, and vampire sharing a flat. So it sounded a bit mm. like a sitcom thing. Yes, but it, was, it did. It was an hour-long comedy drama. And it, it was good, and we, we were very glad that it was on. Um, I found it a bit kind of inconsistent in its tone or what it was trying to do. And the second series was certainly better and trying to be more ambitious, taking it away from that kind of smaller idea. But still, I found it a little bit inconsistent. Mm. But still, I liked it enough to kind of stick with it. Yeah. And, you know, watching with Envy going, God, I'd really love to work on this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and now the third series has started. And now it's almost eschewed its comedy, you know, beginnings completely. Because now it's found its feet. Right. In terms of they know exactly who the characters are now. They're well established. The actors have made it their own. Uh, the writing's really strong. The direction... The direction is amazing, given that um, they have no budget whatsoever mm. for an hour-long thing as well. So they have to be quite creative in what they do in terms of story and then the, the special effects. But the first episode of the new series, which has just happened, was really good. Really, really good. Um, and I was, I was a bit dubious about it going in, thinking that it might you know, fall into space again. But um, Not that it did before, but it was just that inconsistency, mm. I thought. Anyway, so... It's a bit darker now, and it's more ambitious, and it's um, playing around with you know all the kind of uh, spiritual ideas, I suppose, of of their main situation. Right, right. But it's still entertaining. It's still got humor, but yeah. I, I don't think it's. I would call it more of a supernatural drama now. It's really one of those shows then that's de that that that's developed itself. Yes, indeed. Found explored some things and found what was working and what isn't as it went along. Mm. In a way, it wasn't fully formed at the start. Well, it's like with any successful series. If you watch the first few episodes mm. of the very first series, you'll find that 
it's not quite sharp. Yeah. In terms of the delivery. Yeah, or but, the, but a lot of the time that it can it it can be refined. Mm. But it sounds to me like you're talking about a change in tone. Slightly. It, it, it's gradual. It, yeah, yeah, it has developed. Yeah, yeah. and it's got darker, which is a good thing. It was always a, a, quite dark, but now it's gone really for the juggler, if you pardon the pun. Right. And gone, and you know, all out dark. And True Blood is very dark, <laughs> but in and but very over the top as well. But they're they're fun, do, interesting do, do, shows. Do you think as have we done with this stuff now? Because that that whole genre. Because I mean, that's what I'm hearing. That uh, people are like, no more of this, no yeah. more of that, and yeah. the doors are closed on these kind of ideas for the minute. Pretty much. I mean, it's cyclical, cyclical, whatever yeah. it is. It's you know, they yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Um, but I think these TV versions are a nice antidote to the film versions that we've all become used to because these are a bit more gritty or trying just trying a little bit different. Yeah. But it has exhausted the genre now. People are saying no more vampires, please. Yeah. Uh, or even though, you know, I thought werewolves would be the new thing, but people are like, yeah, apparently angels are the new hot thing. Oh, well, that's something that's... And that's again, and again, again, so it all comes around. Anyway, oh God, I, I watched Wings of Desire mm. recently. I could, I could barely get through it. Really? Oh, that was terrible. Anyway, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have said that. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> no, I think, I think what that shows is, though, that's because now that, that stood on its own. It, that was unique at that time, yeah. At definitely. that time. And now it's had all sorts of other things prodded at it, so it probably doesn't stack up as well. Because other things have taken those ideas, yeah. moved it forward and challenged it, uh, as, as uh, quite rightly so. So what we really need to do is sniff out a genre that no one's done for about 20 years and get in with that. Yes. Get a Western going. Get a Western going, yeah. Yeah, Bonanza, a long time since that. <sighs> Competition time! Last month, we asked... What was the name of Danny Stack's short film that he made last year? Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people knew, of course, it was called Origin. Origin. Now, as you know, this podcast is uh, brought to you by our good friends at MovieScope magazine. Yeah. Even better friends, because they've written a nice article in this month's uh, issue, which um, covers writing for games, inspired by my talk at the London Screenwriters Festival. Very so nice. if you couldn't get there, then um, get hold of MovieScope. Now, the winner we picked out of the hat is a Blaise Hessengren. We think that's how you pronounce it, Blaise. Sorry if it isn't. And uh, Blaise wins um, a, a DVD with uh, some uh, script writing interviews on it, uh, movie, movie magic, magic software, software yeah. and a movie script description. There's some runners-up, and um, we'll be emailing those people who get the uh, subscription, trial subscription as well. And all those goodies are up for grabs yet again. Yes, because MovieScope uh, have... Provided they're still, they still got some more copies. It's monthly, it's away. regular. Now, Danny. Yes. You're the quiz master. Give us the shout. Well, yes, because you um, uh, did the question based on me and my short film for last month, I want to turn it on its head now for you and make the question about Tim. So the question is, uh, Tim was nominated for a short film, um, BAFTA nominated for a short film. So the question is, which year was he BAFTA nominated for the short film? Which century? Which century? <laughs> which year? What was the year Tim was nominated for a BAFTA short film with, and the director was Stephen Daldry? So that's a bit of a clue. You'll probably um, look it up uh, fairly easily, but just send the answers to the usual address, which is ukscriptwriters at hotmail.com. And also send us any other questions we answered and discussed 
kind of hopefully answered Stephen Marsh's question today. And if you've got some other questions about the industry, then also email us Do. and we'll get to those or tell when us, we can. Tell us what you think about the show or just tell us that you're listening because that's always nice. Um, Except for the person that said I laugh too loud. Yes, yeah, Tim laughs too loud, <laughs> especially with an echo in this room. So I think that's about it. We never say a deadline for the competition, so maybe we should just say, look, the week before we do the next podcast. <laughs> I don't they know. don't know when it is. <laughs> we so, don't know when it is. Just so send the us, deadline just is send us in. By the 20th, because we always do it the 20-something or other than yeah, podcast. So the 20th you cut off. Get it in by then. Do it Do it right now as soon as you hear this. And uh, hopefully they get some goodies your way. Yes. So ukscriptwriters at hotmail.com. Uh, online, we're at ukscriptwriters.podomatic.com. Check out our blogs. You'll find them easy. There's lots of information everywhere about the screenwriting scene. The best way to listen to the podcast, I have found, and it seems it's best for everyone, is on iTunes. iTunes. It downloads popular. slightly better. Um, we have had some people find it difficult to listen um, uh, online and so on. If you can download it on iTunes, it's the, it's the best way. Okay, cool. So that's it for this month. Um, we'll see you next month. Thank you for listening. See you soon. Bye.